Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar, only I don't make you pay for my content. I only invite you to contribute. There's a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. It's very fashionable these days to point out problems. Too fashionable. However, the first step in improvement is to identify areas for improvement. We should always stay positive and focused on growth, and one cannot grow without addressing the problems or weaknesses in dealing with them. Today's episode is going to go farther than just naming the problem. I'm going to share some of the perspective that will help each of us move past it, if that is your desire. Stick around. The breakdown I'm going to give is probably not what you're expecting or have heard before. The problem I'm talking about within the martial arts has to do with the very atmosphere built around training. To state it bluntly, it sucks. There are thousands upon thousands of martial arts dojos and schools out there turning out students with ranks, badges, and accolades, but with no practical skill. I'm not just referring to strip mall schools primarily focused on kids, although they do illustrate the problem. I'm talking about the problem of taking a dedicated student and after years of training that student lacks practical skills. If the student sticks with the program long enough, they become an instructor. They are an instructor who lacks practical skills, even though they have a library of teaching they inherited to pass along to new students. How much skill will they pass along to their students? Why and how does this happen? Originally, this episode was named Shu Ha Ri, as I think that the issue can be best described using this concept. Shu Ha Ri are the three levels of training. These levels translate to copy, diverge, and transcend. Shu is the initial stage or beginning stage. Students copy what they see and follow direct instruction. This is always the clumsy part of learning, but you have to start somewhere. The student's mind is open, or it should be, and they benefit the most by following instruction very strictly. The great part about this phase is that learning tends to come pretty fast. Since students are spoon-fed, the lessons are relatively easy and come with significant reward. Skills tend to improve quickly. The thing about the shoe stage is that it has a top-end limit of what it offers in terms of skill. It's kind of like using training wheels to learn to ride a bicycle. It will get you started, but if you want to become a truly skilled rider, you need to take them off. Once you have some basic understanding, you need to go to the Ha level. Ha is where you start to gain your own understanding. Ha is where you start diverging from the rigid and narrow teachings you started with and start finding your own martial art. You adjust it not only to your own body and mind, but to what you see when you test it out. Quite simply, you start to learn more from your training partner than what you are told by your instructor. In the Ha level, you still take a great deal of instruction, but you start branching out and exploring on your own. This is a transitional process. You start leaving behind taking everything you are told by your instructors as gospel truth and start testing it out for yourself. It is very likely you will find what you were taught or told was not as reliable or successful as it should be. You will likely find ways of doing technique which are more successful for you, which are different from how your instructors do it. This can bring up a dilemma to you. If this happens, it can feel like you are defying your instructor to use what you have found works better. Within the Oriental cultures, 
Respect for authority is quite extreme, and in many traditional dojos, a high level of obedience is expected and even required. What should happen when these concepts collide? What happens when you innovate something and it clearly works well for you, but you are pressured to abandon it for something which doesn't work as well, just so you can provide your loyalty and obedience? Some students leave to train elsewhere, open their own schools, quit training, or just surrender. If they quit training entirely, the result is they give up what they love to do. That is truly a shame. If they surrender, they fail to progress and reach their true potential. This is a great disservice to them as human beings, and any instructor who does this needs to realize they are feeding their own ego more than they are seeking out the best for their student. When students go to open their own schools or leave to train elsewhere, this is where you see dojos and organizations fracture. This is harmful to them. It's not healthy when talented students leave your dojo. Those talented students, if you keep them, will be the backbone of your dojo in the future. It is far better to have a large stable of talent in your dojo than drive out those with talent and passion. I think there are two reasons why there is so much resistance to having students reach the ha stage. The first has to do with ego. Instructors like to feel like they are big shots and enjoy commanding their students. Human behavior shows that this can act like a drug to many people. This explains how dojos develop into cults. The second has to do with control. Every parent has a hard time letting go of control as their child grows into an adult. Instructors are often the same way with their students. We instructors must update our image of our students and see them for where they are at, not see them as the beginner whom we first met and started training. We should not be holding them back, but encouraging and inspiring their growth. If a student doesn't reach the ha stage, that shows that the instructor has failed. Here is another instructor ego problem, refusing to accept that if a student isn't progressing that it is not our fault or responsibility. It is entirely our responsibility to see our student transcend the shoe level. Instructors whose teaching ability doesn't go past the shoe level will limit their students to it. I believe that is the curse of mainstream martial arts. It is an atmosphere built by instructors who have not learned how to teach students past the shoe level. They do not know how to teach improvisation or adaption. They might know how to do it themselves, but don't have the ability to transfer that knowledge. Remember, the ability to teach something is an entirely different skill set than being able to perform. You can be a great technician yourself, but your students will never come close to your ability unless you can teach. A good teacher makes highly skilled students. A lackluster teacher produces students with poor skills. I believe that is where a vast majority of martial arts is today, especially ones which lack live practice for students to learn beyond the shoe stage. Some Aikido schools have versions of live practice, but many do not. Jumping back to the three levels, the third stage of learning is Ri. That is where you transcend the rigid forms and teachings which got you started and your understanding broadened. When Bruce Lee talked about going beyond styles, this is what I think he was talking about. His quote, absorb what is useful, discard what is useless, and add what is specifically your own, addresses Ri elegantly. You could consider Ri to be the ultimate expression of martial arts. You move past the formalities and traditions and treat your martial arts development like a scientific exploration. You're no longer interested in what one master or other said you should do. This is classic Shu or Ha thinking, and it reflects a lack of internalized understanding. If you have full understanding of something, you need no validation from someone else. One might think at first glance that if you were at the Ri level, 
that you do not need an instructor or mentor. Be careful here, as this can be your ego speaking. I believe we always benefit from mentors. That doesn't mean you slip back into the shoe level of thinking, where you instantly reject anything which doesn't match up with what your mentor says. As students, we will always benefit from being exposed to new concepts, even ones which conflict with or challenge our current understanding. This is how we grow. If we think no one else has understanding better than ours, no further growth is possible. It is difficult for me to believe that someone has such a high level of understanding that they could not learn or improve. The finest martial artists will always admit that they have much to learn. They always seek out others to glean knowledge from. This is a healthy attitude towards learning and growth. The instant you close your mind to outside sources, you stop growing. Any living thing is either growing or dying. The choice is ours. The solution, I believe, to the curse of being stuck at the shoe level comes first in the awareness that learning anything takes on very different stages of development. It doesn't always work like it did when you first started your training. A phrase I heard long ago was, let the sword teach your arm. I was told that this came from a Japanese source, but I never heard exactly who said it. The concept is valid, although probably more accurate to say, let the sword teach your body. It doesn't say, let your instructor teach your body. I think this reflects the crossing of the bridge from the beginning to internalizing your training. I've not met a single martial artist who is highly skilled that did not cross that bridge. It is a necessary transition to excellence. As instructors, it's our duty to guide students across it. As students, pay attention to whether your instructor is doing that. If you are in your first year or two of training, it will probably be a while before they do that with you. Take a look at whether they are doing that with intermediate or senior students, though. That will tell you a great deal about the teaching ability and attitude of your instructor. From an Aikido perspective, you will find that Jiawaza and Randori training are where we cross that bridge. Results in these more live environments, done productively, will provide profound increases in ability and understanding. If you are not doing these already, start. If you are doing a little, do more. Just practicing paired kata has a fairly low ceiling and misses a lot of things needed for practical skills. Jiawaza and Randori provide those. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live, and there are more than 80 videos in the program, with new ones being added every few days. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.